and the truth will set you free. You've got to know it, though. We know you today, Jesus. You are the truth. You're the way, the truth, and the life. And that same spirit of reverence, if you would just hear me for a moment, speaking of sharing the gospel and people are not free all over this planet, Pastor Jen has been given an amazing opportunity. Most of you know about it, especially the ladies, but I want to announce it today and we're going to pray for her. An amazing opportunity to speak at two separate women's events in Egypt. She leaves next Sunday. So in that same reverent attitude this morning, I want you to agree with us. Baby, would you come on up? Dad, Brother Oscar, would you come up and let's, let's pray for Jen. John, would you join us, bro? Dad, I want you to take the lead on this as her spiritual father here. Father, we want to thank you for your word because your word says, so mightily grew the word of God and increase. So mightily grew the word of God and increase. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Everybody lift up your hand and say, so mightily. Say it. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The more the word increases, the more it will prevail over your life. In every problem, in every sickness, Say, what's the answer? As the word increases, as the word grows in your life, it will prevail over every problem that you have. It will prevail over marriage problems, sickness. And as Jen goes to Egypt, she goes with this mandate from heaven, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Thank you, Father, for a, a wall of fire around Jen and that group that is going to Egypt. Yes. Father, the foundation's already been laid there. So now, Father, the word's going to go to these women, women with women. And, Father, we thank you for a great freedom. The devil has tried to enslave these women. But these women are free now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And Jen, in front of everybody today, I'd like to speak the priestly blessing over you. Would everyone raise your hands once more? My love, may the Lord bless you and protect you. Smile upon you and be gracious to you. Give you of his favor and his perfect peace. You've been, a lot, you've been through a lot in the last four years, my love. And here you are. This is your best year yet. God's hand of grace and mercy is on you. You've made a comeback with his help. And he hasn't forgotten all the promises he made you. Here you are, age 40, looking beautiful and going to Egypt to preach to women who were Muslims and under bondage. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. God is faithful. Wow. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. I want you to say hi to someone briefly, and then we'll come back to our seats. Give them some love this morning on Easter Sunday. Tell them happy Resurrection Day.
All right. Welcome home. Welcome to the house of the Lord, Kingsgate Church, on a Sunday morning, but it is Easter Sunday morning, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So praise God. If you would, give me, uh, help, help me to welcome our dear friend Oscar. Let's give him a, a warm welcome. Man of God, traveling evangelist. I believe he's got a word from heaven today. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Blessings this morning. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord? It's always excited for Pastor Angel and I to be here with our family at Kingsgate. And we're, you're so dear to us, to our family. And we know that God has been doing, will continue to do uh, greater things here. In Hobbs, through your ministry. I want to get right into the word of God, if that's okay with you. Amen. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 16, verse 31. Luke 16, verse 31. I want to use as a subject tonight, spiritually short-sighted. I know it's Resurrection Sunday. I will, we will get into some of that. But Jesus died on the cross, rose on the third day to give us eternal life. And this verse where Jesus is telling a true story which is in Luke 16, 31, it says, he said to him, this is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. I believe that Jesus in the fine print, was letting that generation know, I'm going to rise and you're not even going to believe it. There's an event that's going to take place that if you can just believe, because blessed are those that have not seen but believe, you can inherit the kingdom. I saw a bumper sticker. I thought it was pretty cool. It says, it said, it read like this. It says, is there life after death? Touch my truck and you will find out. <laughs> the truth is, there is life after death. The truth is, there is a heaven and there is a hell. Now, I don't want you to check out when I talk about hell. Because Jesus talked about hell 33 times. He preached more about hell than heaven. And I believe he did that because he doesn't want none of us to go there. I believe what the word says, hell is for real. But he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Can you imagine in three and a half years of ministry, 
if he spoke 33 times of hell, that means an average would be like once a month he would talk about hell. If Jesus, in Jesus' church, who, who would go to his church? And every month he would talk about hell. The truth is, Paul also said that he descended. Last night we heard such a powerful word by Pastor Angel. You need to, I know it's on Facebook, you need to listen to this powerful word about preserving the word. He talked about the body, how Joseph of Arimathaeus and Nicodemus took the body of Jesus. But when they took the body, they were preserving the body, Jesus, Paul said, descended in Ephesians 4. He descended and took captivity captive. Those in the Old Testament that died believing, having faith in God, were down at the bottom. But Jesus said he descended. And when he descended, he took the keys from Satan of death. He took the keys from Satan of the grave. So you don't have to be afraid of the enemy. He's for real, but you don't have to be afraid. because He doesn't even have the keys to his own house. Jesus is alive. He died, but he rose on the third day. The Bible talks about hell 167 times. Yet, many pastors and denominations are distancing themselves from hell today and not preaching on it. When I speak of hell, I'm talking about the afterlife. When we speak of heaven, we're talking about the afterlife. I brought a survey here, if they could put it up. In a survey, many people said that they do not believe in a literal hell. 35% Baptists. 54% Presbyterian, 58% Methodist, 60% Episcopalian. Now, 71% of students in the leading seminaries of the United States and preparing for ministry did not believe in a literal hell or heaven. If you do not believe in hell, you cannot believe in heaven because the Bible teaches on both. There are four types of groups that I want them to put it up also. People that deny the existence of hell. Atheists. We know atheists say there is no God. The Bible says the fool says in his heart there is no God. The agnostic. They're with the atheist because the difference between the atheist and the agnostic is that the atheist says there is no God. But the agnostic says, I don't know if there's a God. The other one is the annihilationist. Believers go to heaven and unbelievers are annihilated. Some believers or some believe that they can be annihilated in hell because they use the scripture of Matthew 10, 28, where it says, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body. The other group is the ultimate reconciliationist. Ultimately, everyone will be reconciled to God. Some go to hell, but depending on how bad they were here on earth. They also believe that in hell, they will be purified. They will be purified so then, then they can go to heaven. This group believes that even Satan and his demons will be reconciled back to God. 
The last group are the universalists. Everyone goes to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for everyone. But you still have to, it says, but you, listen, you still and I have a choice. The Bible says, choose you today death or life, blessing or cursing. This group, they, what, what do they do? They take, out, they, they take out free will out of the equation. Many have said, how can a loving God send anyone to hell? How can Jesus, who died on the cross, rose on the third day, said he was going to go prepare a place, so how can he send anyone to hell? That's not the question. The real question is, how can you and I reject a loving God? That's the question. And that's what we're living today. Many people who reject something that's free, you don't have to pay for this. You don't have to work for salvation. You don't have to work for eternal life. A day like today where he rose on the third day, he brought what? Life, 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 and eternal life. I want to quickly read Luke 16, this story. Starting at verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in, uh, in luxurious, lived luxurious every day. At his gate was, a, was laid a beggar named Lazarus. This is not the same Lazarus that Jesus called out of the This was a different Lazarus. Maybe he was his cousin or something. Covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Also called paradise or Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Look at the difference. The rich man had his tomb. The beggar didn't. Now don't, don't get me wrong. This does not mean that rich people Go to hell. No. Because yesterday, in yesterday's sermon, Joseph of Arimathea, he's a rich man. And, and Jews, they're business people to this day. And back in Bible times, they would purchase their own tomb. Now, have you ever thought if, if, if the Jewish people would, would purchase their own tomb, Joseph had his tomb. And he laid Jesus in his tomb. Jesus, who was a Jew, did not buy a tomb. And you think, you know, he was a smart man. Jesus was a businessman. He understood business. He understood the culture. He lived in it. He's like, all these Jews were buying tombs, but Jesus didn't buy his. Because you know why he didn't buy it? Because why are you going to buy something that you're only going to use for three days? So he didn't buy a tomb. But you know what he did buy? He bought you. He bought me. On the cross, he bought us all. And all that will come to him and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead on the third day shall be saved. The 
story continues. And in Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm where has been set in place. So that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, this is interesting, send Lazarus to my family. This lets me know that the delete button on our mind is not going to be pushed. We will have our memory. Lazarus had his memory. And now he's saying, send somebody. Send Lazarus to talk to my family. I have five brothers. To talk to them because I don't want them to come to this torment. And Abraham told them, no, they have Moses. They have the prophets. But we read it in the beginning that even if I send somebody, somebody rises from the dead, they're not going to believe. They have Moses. You know, it reminds me of Matthew 17. When the three disciples were with Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration where there was appeared Moses, there appeared Elijah, which represents the prophets, and Jesus was transformed. Moses, he said, they have Moses, they have the law. They have the word. They have the prophecies. They have prophets. At that time, we understand that, okay, this, they need to listen to Moses. They need to listen to the prophets. But in Matthew, now with the new covenant coming, now coming under grace, now the father speaks to the three disciples. He says, okay, you have Moses. And when you read the story in Matthew 17, Moses disappeared. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled the law. And then the prophets, Elijah disappeared because every prophecy spoken about the Messiah was fulfilled in Jesus. And then the only one that stood was Jesus. And the father said to them, now listen to him. Because it was all in Jesus. And if we do not listen to Jesus, and if we do not listen to the message of the gospel, then many of us will end up in torment. But God didn't prepare hell for you. God prepared heaven. God prepared mansions for you. God rose from the dead so that you and I can have life. This is your opportunity. I pray. I pray, church. That this message motivates you to live today with tomorrow in mind. That it would motivate you. That it would ignite in your heart a genuine concern for the lost. This is a moment where Jesus takes the veil off and allows us to look beyond. Nothing is more tragic than to believe that when you die, that 
it's that, that, that is the end of your existence. You could put up, the rich man made three mistakes. Number one, he prepared everything for the body and nothing for the soul. You and I, we want great things. We want the nice car. We want the nice home. We want to have the retirement plan. We want that. All that is good, and we should work towards that. But it's worth nothing if I'm not preparing anything for my soul. The car is going to stay here. The house is going to stay here. The pension is going to stay here. The question is, are you preparing for the afterlife? Number two, he prepared everything for himself and nothing for others. This is just not about me. I have to share the gospel with others. We have to share that Jesus rose on the third day. This is a day where churches are filled across the planet. Based on statistics, I said this on Friday, that the day that the most people go to church is on Resurrection Sunday. Sad to say that we don't see them until next Easter. Number three, he prepared everything for this life and nothing for the life to come. The rich man was spiritually short-sighted. He was in torment because he made no preparation for the soul. Now listen, I don't force, you know, I'll be almost 40 years in ministry. and, I, and The Lord has allowed me to travel, you know, to many nations. I don't force nobody. We're not here to force anybody to give their heart to Jesus. That's on you. My job is to sow the seed of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts the sinner of his sin. But I have an assignment. I have a responsibility to tell this world. You have the responsibility to tell this world. If you're, if you're a child of God, you and I have that responsibility to tell the world, hey, Jesus loves you. The sin you're living in, he died for that sin. He wants to deliver you. He rose on the third day. He went to prepare, and I'm going to continue to repeat this. He went to prepare a place for you. There's a place called hell, but that's not for you. Now, if you don't choose Jesus, then that is your destiny. Church, God's method of bringing people to a saving knowledge of himself. Number one is to do the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the purposes of the miracles that Jesus performed was, was part, part of it was that to show that he was the son of God. And we believe that miracles continue today. What keeps people out of that place of torment? And what gets people in to glory? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ.
there was a girl who came crying to her pastor. And when she was crying, she says, Pastor, my dad died without Jesus. Her father was a doctor. So he died and she's crying. She's in pain. She's in agony because she, in her mind, she says he's in hell. She knew he was in hell because he didn't accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior. The pastor looked at her and says, no, he is not in hell. He is in heaven. Because just a few days ago, I went to visit him. And I proclaimed the gospel to him. And he opened his heart. And in tears, he gave his heart to Jesus and accepted him as Lord and Savior. She started to wipe her tears. But then the pastor asked her, did you talk to your dad about Jesus? She said, I was going to. And he said, well, if his salvation depended on your going to, he'd be in hell today. But by the mercy of God, God sent me, and I was able to bind his soul, his life, to the body of Christ. Today, you are sitting here. Are you preparing for the afterlife? Jesus said he was preparing. He told them, I'm, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to go prepare. The place is already set for us. It's already, it's, it, you know, the gospel is amazing. It's amazing. And, and I'll repeat, you and I do not have to work for this. The only thing we have to do is just accept it by faith. And say, God, come into my heart. Listen to me, young people. Listen. You can have all the fun you want in this world. But if you don't prepare your soul for the kingdom of God, if you don't prepare your soul for the afterlife, and the way you prepare it is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hell is real, church. I know we don't want to hear this. And I'll be honest with you. I haven't preached on hell for a long time. But I know it's real. With everything that's going on, I believe Christ is about to come back. And the question is, are we ready? 2,000 years ago, he did his job. He fulfilled his assignment. And then he sends the Holy Spirit now to guide us, to guide us until that trumpet sounds again. And the question is, will I be ready? Search your heart today. Because you're going to have to give an account unto God for your life. Every young person here, every woman, every man, every elderly person, we are gonna have, we're going to stand before God. And we're going to have to give an account unto God for our lives. You know what would be a really sad thing for God to say, I didn't know you. Depart from me.
Could you imagine for God to tell you to depart? In hell, he won't answer prayers. But you're here today. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm done. But listen, there is a place way beyond the clouds that one day you and I can live forever. Pastor was teaching yesterday morning at the men's conference about reigning with Jesus. Wouldn't you like to reign with Jesus? Wouldn't you like to be, why don't you like to govern with Jesus? And be part of his plan, eternal plan? You don't have to pay for nothing. He paid it all. That's how much, that's how much he loves us. Because the law demanded, the law demanded that it needed to be Completed, needed to be fulfilled. How can a loving God or a perfect God give a perfect law and then ask an imperfect man to fulfill it? Because he already had the plan of Jesus. He already had the plan in his mind. He said, it's not by works. It's not by might. It's by my spirit. It's not about what you do. It's not by the works you do. No, it's by Jesus. It's all free. It's by grace. It's by faith in Jesus. And when I accept that, then I have prepared for the afterlife. So right here, right now, you have a decision to make. And the decision is, the decision is, do I want eternal life? Do I want to go to heaven? Or do I want to keep living in sin, doing it my way, preparing everything for me, and end up in torment? Sometimes some of us preachers, it's hard for us to even say that. That you will be in torment. There will be people in torment. There, will, there are people that are going to hell. God, listen, God doesn't want that for you. Don't reject a loving God. All you have to do is say, Jesus, here I am. I need you. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And I'm going to ask if you would please close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, I thank you. I thank you for Jesus. Father, I believe in my heart that Jesus died. That he rose on the third day. That he's alive. And sit in, at your right hand. 
Holy Spirit, only you can convict the sinner of his sin. Those that are sitting here right now, Father, you know their hearts. You don't push salvation on them. You invite them. And you put it before them. Choose today life or death. And Father, I pray that if anyone here, Lord, needs to give their heart to you, I pray that they choose life because you are life and you give eternal life. As you have your eyes closed, most people don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. And those who've had the experience to go to Israel have seen that the tomb is empty. But right now, I want to give the opportunity to some of you. You know your life. You know if you're living for God or not. But if you're not living for God, and you want to take that step to start living for him, right where you are, just raise your hand and say, I want to live for Jesus. If that's you, don't think about it twice. Raise your hand with confidence. With confidence. If you, ra if you rose your hand, I'm going to ask if you would give me the privilege to pray for you and come to the front here and allow me to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender all. Come on, you rose your hand. There was many of you rose your hand. Just come right now. If you don't want to come alone, ask somebody to come with you. If you, if, you if you had raised your hand, just come right now. Come right now. Come out of your seats. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. I surrender all. Come on, church. Help me sing it. Hallelujah. I surrender all. Oh, if you could please come to the center right here. Come on over. I want to pray with you. If there's anyone else, come right now. I want to pray with you. This is what it's about. It's about winning souls for Jesus, getting lives reconciled with God. Church, sing with me. I surrender all, all to Thee, my.
blessed Savior, I surrender. Can you sing it? Can you sing it? Come on, church. Say, I'm. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. As the music continues softly, you that are here in the front, just raise your hands as a sign that you're surrendering everything to Jesus. And I'm going to ask the church to stretch forth your hand and help me pray. And in a loud voice, I want you to repeat this prayer. I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you and I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus died, but he rose on the third day. And he's alive. You sent the word to heal me, to reconcile me back to you. Father, forgive me. Cleanse me with your blood. Make me a new person. Right now, I give you my life. Transform it from death to life from the curse of sin to your blessing. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare Jesus Lord of my life. I surrender. Just stay right here and just worship him. Church, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We're almost done. If there's anyone here that needs healing in their body, I want you to come forth right now. I want you to come right here to where I'm at. If you could make some room. Only those that need healing in their body, come right now. If you're in your seat, you need healing in your body, come right now. Let's believe Jesus. God is so real. And to God be the glory. To God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop everything. Some of you think that God owes you something. And you come to church like if he owes you something. He doesn't owe you anything. If anything, I owe him my life. And we come to church and sometimes just sit here like it's just another service. If that's what you want, that's on you.
But I want God to touch me every single day. Every single day I should be on my knees thanking him because I'm not going to hell. But I'm going to heaven because of Jesus Christ. So if you can help me, raise your hand, open your mouth. If you can go to a stadium and, 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 and scream at a football game, how much more can I just open my mouth and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. We come like if God owes us something. I owe him my life. You owe him your life. So raise your hand with me. Matter of fact, you don't have to. But I just want you to sing just two or three times as, as the power of God starts to heal these people right here. And to God be the glory. To God, come on, give me all your strength, music. Be the glory. Dame toda tu fuerza. To God be the glory for the things he has done with his blood. Come on, church. He's alive. Hallelujah. Give him glory. He has raised me to God be the glory for the things he has done to God, to God, and to God be the glory to God. Be the, somebody get me the oil, hallelujah. Get me the oil to God. Be the glory for the things he has done with his blood. Come on, sing it, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By the stripes of Christ, you have been healed. By the stripes of Christ, you have been healed. By the stripes of Christ, you have been healed. By the stripes of Christ, you have been healed. You have been healed. You have been healed. Healed in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, I come against every sickness. I come against every pain. I come against every disease, and in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. Right now, that sickness has to bow before the name of Jesus. Loose your hold. Loose your hold right now. Loose your hold. I declare these bodies healed in the name of Jesus. 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 I declare your heart healed, your lungs, your pancreas right now, your intestines right now. In the name of Jesus, your kidneys right now, your bones, your joints. In the name of Jesus. Come on, worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then sings my soul. My Savior God. How many are thankful? How many know he's great? How many know God is great? 
God is great. On Resurrection Sunday, we worship you, God Almighty. We worship. We worship. We worship. Come on. Come on. A few minutes. Sing it. Hallelujah. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. I want to hear the church just one time. Then Come on, church, worship him, worship him. Can you do it one more time and we're done? One more time with all your strength. Come on, with everything we've got. Hallelujah. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. Then sings my soul. Before everyone is seated, I just want to say this. If God was convicting you today by his Holy Spirit and you didn't come up here, I pray that he continues to work in your heart. You can still accept Jesus at home. You can accept Jesus anywhere. But it is important to proclaim the name of Jesus in public one day. I believe there will be others in here that go home and say, man, Lord, I need to just give my life to you. And I believe God's working in your heart. But thank you for your attentive Wonderful, humble hearts today. If you would, go ahead and return to your seats. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. So, the rest of the service, go ahead and be seated as you can. No rush. We're going to take up our offering. And then we're going to have a baby dedication today. We're going to dedicate my second niece, <laughs> baby Layla. So, we're going to take up our offering and then I'll turn it over to Dad, and he's going to preside over that. And he will give you instructions, um, Elaine and Ephraim, on how to do that, and the family and the witnesses and everything else. Does anyone need an envelope for tither offering? Raise your hand. We'll see to it.
There's people waiting. Just keep that hand up for a moment if you don't mind. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for raising the hand. Ushers, thanks for helping. Anybody else? And if you say, well, I don't really do that. I do everything digitally. Well, we have text to give. Follow those instructions. You can text to give. You can text in your tithe and offering there electronically. Anybody else? All right. Let's pray and let's give cheerfully. Father, we thank you for today, this worship service. Thank you for the men of God that you sent here to bless us and unite their faith with ours and to speak the word and encourage and inspire and educate and edify us, Father, this weekend. Thank you once again for Jesus, though, the King of all kings. And, Lord, we give our tithe now to the high priest. He's prophet, priest, king, and God. God.